0: Once again, welcome, welcome, welcome into the QC Hornets Nest, a podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. And each week, I we have the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling you stories other shows won't and giving you inside access other shows can't. This week, we're joined by Gordon Haywood, who discusses his season so far, what enjoys most about living here in Charlotte, and the team overall, and just how they're doing this season and what he sees for them moving forward. So are you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's get it. All right, so since last time we spoke, it's been a typical, just crazy week for the Hornets. But it's been actually a good thing for them this time. They came out with three incredibly solid wins, starting off with, as we know, those two games against Milwaukee, winning both of those games, and then following up with a street busting win in Philadelphia against the Sixers. Now, let's go back to the Bucks game for a second. Before people start saying, oh, well, they didn't have Drew Holiday and they were missing players. Well, the second game, the Bucs got Dante DiVincenzo back and also Pat Connaughton. So that, to me, this is not really something you can say, oh, the, they weren't at full strength. And then on top of that, the Hornets, as we know, were missing Kelly Oubre in the last game of that series on Monday and still went out there and found a way to to win and pull out in the fourth quarter. And same goes for their win in Philadelphia. So the Hornets, as we can see over the last couple of weeks or so, been to skelter once again, but for the most part, they've been in winning mode, other than those a couple of hiccups they had against the Suns when they really came out and got blown away. And then to follow up with that tough loss in D.C. to the Wizards where they couldn't close it out after being up by double digits in the second half, they've been playing well. They've been on a nice little stretch of wins. And one of the keys, there's actually been a couple of keys. First, they've been able to do it with more than just one player. In the game against Philadelphia, they didn't really shoot very well. And they weren't really um, in offensive rhythm in the first half. But then Gordon Haywood was really the person who kind of went out there and had an incredible first half with that 22 points and didn't miss a shot. So he kind of was one of those people who actually kind of helped rescue them a little bit in that game. And then Terry came on and did what he does late, as well as Miles Bridges. But that kind of shows you just how this team has been. One night, it's LaMelo out there killing it and getting triple-doubles or double-doubles. One more night, it could be Miles Bridges out there doing this thing and finding ways to come through in the clutch. Again, Terry Rozier has been hot lately. I just mentioned Gordon Haywood. Kelly Oubre off the bench has been a spark. You want to even throw in Cody Martin in there as well and Jalen McDaniels on occasion. So that's been the key to this stretch for the Hornets is the versatility and their depth has really been coming through. That's the first thing. Second thing is they've been improving much better on defense. As we know, they're one of the worst teams in the league over the first couple months of the season in terms of defense and efficiency. Now, going to this series against Orlando, they're up to about 26 or so in the NBA in terms of their efficiency defensively. So they're improving. Is it where they want to be or need to be? Not even close, but it's better than being last. So it shows that they've actually had a little bit more want to in some of these games. They held Milwaukee to below 100 points. They held Bill Devitt to below 100 points. Those are really two potent scoring offenses. And to be able to do that and find ways to not scramble as much on defense and actually lock in and find the right man and not give us many open jump shots, that's been one of the keys for the Hornets during this stretch. So they got to keep finding a way to improve upon their efficiency on defense and that want to and their mentality. And if they do that, they're going to be in decent shape because they have the top rank offense in the league. They've been going back and forth between one, two or so all year. So they can just continue to improve defensively and just go out there and show that they actually care at times and want to be able to, to show that same mentality and that same kind of effort night in and night out. If they do that, they're going to be in decent shape because despite all they've been through with defense not playing up the capabilities, dealing with COVID issues, having guys out, they're still right around 7th place in the East going to the weekend action. And think about it. They've had actually their best midway start in terms of best record at 23-19, 23-18 going through 41 games since basically Y2K started. We're talking about 2000, 2001. So that tells you just where the Hornets are right now. It's about two decades plus of having to find that different, uh, I guess, uh, way to go about things and and make the fan base in Charlotte excited. But right now, they're on an ascension that you can see is going to keep going the right direction if they just do what they need to do defensively and just play for each other and just buy into the whole team concept. If they can do that, they're gonna be okay. So the Hornets, you know, they have you know, a couple of guys right now, Miles Bridges and LaMelo Ball, obviously are garnering all-star attention. You know, Miles is ninth amongst front court players in the fan voting and LaMelo is fifth amongst guards in the fan voting, but the Hornets are on the rise. And while all-star accolades will be nice, I think for them, it's more about getting to the playoffs, getting out of that play-in game range and potentially winning a first-round series. That, to me, is what they're looking forward to doing. And we'll see if they can get it going in that direction because the next month or so, they are going to need a lot of rumors about potential trades. And if they can just maybe get one more piece to add to what they have right now, I mean, look out because the last two weeks or so, we've seen this team and just how good they can be. And if they can just do steady improvements and, again, add a piece or here, add a piece or two here or there, they could be a a team to really contend and watch out for come playoff time in the Eastern Conference. time for our weekly mailbag section now. And uh, once again, thank you guys for submitting your questions. This part of the podcast is impossible if you guys didn't want to interact with me and submit your questions whenever I ask for them. So thank you very, very much for doing so. One question here, I'm going to do two combined uh, people who submitted questions to me on Twitter that kind of are similar. And the question, first of all, comes from at sports CLT on Twitter. And the question is, the Hornets have a lot of young talent that doesn't see the court. Do they plan on moving players or picks to fill their needs now? That question was similar and was asked by at Slick Propaganda, also on Twitter. And he said something similar in the fact that he asked, wondering how the Hornets view the upcoming draft picks. To me, with promising young guys that can't see much playing time, these picks are more tradable than ever, but I don't know if the organization is really looking to include them in deals or to keep drafting. And that, my friends, is where the Hornets are going to, have to figure out exactly what they want to do. And as of right now, with as you see the way they're playing, how they could be maybe one piece away from being a team that actually can win a first round series, I think the Hornets, for the right deal and the right price, would include some of that young talent if it was somebody that can secure their services and knew they're going to be around for a while you don't want to go out there and trade for a rental player who will be around for a couple of months at most and may say he wants to go play somewhere else for a bigger contract or a bigger market and you have gotten rid of some of your young talents you've been developing and playing here that could help you in the future or help you for acquire a better player long term so i can absolutely see the hornets trading some of their young players for the right again, the right prospect, the right player, draft picks included. You know, the draft picks that we know have been very coveted by Mitch Kupchak because he knows that that's the way to build his franchise from the ground up. But the Hornets are gonna have to part with some of these assets eventually to be able to get a player, to be able to help fill the void, maybe at center or something like that, to take them to that next level. So I can see them doing a trade with the right team for the right price, but they won't trade just to go out there and trade. That's not Miss Cup check stop. So thanks to both of you guys for submitting the question. Speaking of Gordon Haywood, I mentioned him a few seconds ago and just how he was able to go out there against the Sixers and kill it for the Hornets and help them to that win. I a chance to actually speak to him about just how he's feeling about his game overall and where he's at mentally and physically and just things of that nature. And here's a little bit of an excerpt of our interview, that chance to kind of speak with him about after Sixers game leading into the game against the Magic on Friday. Here's our chat. You're averaging about 19.8 points, uh, five and a half rebounds and four assists in your last five games, shooting 54% from the field and 40% from three. How are you feeling overall? That's something that you even notice that you're kind of in that rhythm right now.
1: Um, I haven't noticed it too much. I mean, I think I think it's when my mindset is is on attacking, I seem to play a lot better. Um, when I get when I get rebounds and deflections, I seem to play a lot better. So, trying to focus on the defensive end first and then having that lead into my offense usually makes me play better too. Um, but you know, some of it's just opportunities and matchups, and, you know, I got to continue to get my, you know, field goal attempts up, so.
0: And then when you get into, when you get hot like you did against Philadelphia mm-hmm. and you're in that kind of rhythm, just how good does that feel for you at times? Because I know at times your shot isn't falling the way you want it to, so when you're hitting that shot and you're hot, how's yeah. it feel for you out there with the team right now, the way they're playing?
1: Yeah, it feels really good. Um... You know, when you're in the zone as a basketball player, it feels like that rim is really, really big and just about everything's going down for you. And, um, you know, I feel like when my sh- outside shot is going, um, it becomes a lot, you know, harder to guard me because, I, you know, I really like to attack the rim and get into the pain for my midi or floater or finishing at the rim. So when the three ball is working, it, it, it just makes me feel a lot better.
0: This is year 12 for you, I guess, in the league now, man. Yeah. Um, what's the most important thing, I guess, you learned over these years that you can if you can go back to your 20 year old self and say this is something you shouldn't know, like, what would it be?
1: Um, I'd say probably continue to put in the work no matter what. Um, You know, the NBA is full of ups and downs every single year, you know, whether you get hurt, whether you are riding a hot streak, riding a cold streak. Um, I think the consistent thing that you can do to break this, is is the work um, that's something you can always fall back on and so I didn't I don't think I learned that until my third or fourth year in the league so telling my you know, super younger self to, to continue to put the work in because especially when you're younger you're not always you're not getting all the shots you know what I mean mm-hmm. like you're not the one that's um, the man so you gotta you know, it, it can be tough mentally. To, to, to still be a professional and find the time to put the work in. So I would say you got to always remember the work
0: like your numbers are up across the board in terms of your statistic your averages, of course, your career, like points are up assists, rebounds of all those numbers. Which one are you most proud of if anything that you've increased this season?
1: You know, what? I haven't even looked at it, so I couldn't tell you. Um, you know, I think for me this year, it's been so much focused on what, how can I help us win basketball games? Um, you know i think right around this time last year it seems like we're in a similar position um so we gotta we gotta finish finish this year better than we did last i mean this is the, the second half of the season is when you see teams that are playoff teams contenders really starting to tighten things up you know they kind of have everything start to get going for the playoffs so we gotta we gotta do that this year speaking of the
0: teams how legit is this team when you guys are playing it well, you way we, uh, well offensively, but also defensively. We know about offense, you guys yeah. are top in the league. When you guys are playing both sides of the ball, just how good can your team be, man?
1: Yeah, I mean, you said it, we have to play both sides of the ball. I think we've shown we can beat anybody in the league. I think we've also shown we can lose to anybody in the league. And um, I think it all starts on the defensive end for us as a team. And some of that is, is dictated by our offense and by our shot selection. But um, you know, I think when we're locked in and focused on our game plan, I think the coaches make you know excellent game plans for us you know each and every game so when we're focused on that we're, we're tough and
0: then just last thing is we talked before about charlotte how much you enjoy here the weather and everything else i know it kind of stinks right now it's a little cold but compared to p- places you've been previously how much does the weather and stuff just give you a chance to go out there and be amongst your families the elements as opposed yeah. to places
1: you've been before it's coldest time of year. right Charlotte's awesome, man. We, we love it here as a city. Certainly the weather makes a huge difference. Um, the sun makes a big difference. Now, it's not Miami uh, uh, or Phoenix in the winter, but I'm a seasonal guy. I like all the seasons. So I'd say you get about three and a half. All right, Trey. All right, see you guys. See ya. I'd say you get like three and a half seasons here. You don't get the brutal winter, but you still get a chance to you know, rock your winter clothes and jackets and everything. So I'm with it. Uh, we, we love the weather here and my kids certainly being able to swim in December and January is is something that they enjoy too. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: So there you have it. Many, many thanks to Gordon Hayward for giving me a moment of his time. Really appreciate that. Obviously he's a very busy guy. So you heard in his own words how he feels about his season and where he's at right now. And we'll see how he goes moving forward. But he's been really key for the Hornets of late as they kind of turn things around and finding ways to win some of these games they weren't able to win a couple of weeks ago. So once again, thanks to Gord. Now it's time for our weekly look ahead here. And first of all, who would have thought that the Hornets, like I said, would go three and no in the stretch when they're playing Milwaukee twice and Philadelphia on top of that on the road. That's exactly what they did. And they came out on top. So now it's more about moving forward and keeping that momentum going because on friday at, they returned home for the classic trap game against orlando the magic are division foes we know they're playing a little bit better of late but they're still a younger team that the hornets need to beat these are the games you have to start winning especially to start stockpiling those wins to give a little bit more of a buffer zone so you face the tougher teams later on in the month Give you a chance to kind of still be right there in the playoff race, come April, when things get a little more jumbled up, and trying to still figure out where you're going to be position-wise. So, you have to take care of that game for sure. And after that, they have a tough two-game road trip. They play the Knicks in New York in the MLK uh, Junior Day Matinee game, and then they follow it up by going to play Boston on the road on Wednesday. So. Those are, you know, again, two tough games in a road trip. They have to see if they can kind of steal at least one of those. Maybe the game in New York against the Knicks will be early start. But those are games they have to kind of figure out. Again, their little road situation because the Hornets have not been as good on the road, we know, as they have been at home this season. Then they come back home, play Oklahoma City on Friday the 21st. And again, that's a game you kind of figured you have to get to be able to get the buffer zone going because after that you face the Hawks at home. And even though they're struggling, they just made a trade to get Cam reddish to the Knicks and and see what they can take care of and getting Kevin Knox and maybe turn things around that regard. And then the Hornets have a another two game road trip. We have to go up to Toronto, which is not an easy place to play. As we know, even though it won't be much of a crowd because of what's happening up there with COVID restrictions. And then they come back on a back to back and face the Pacers in Indiana before Finishing up their month against the Lakers and Clippers at home. So very difficult stretch coming up here for the Hornets. And that's why games like Orlando, you want to make sure you take care of because if you don't come back to bite you later on, you start kind of stacking these games up and figuring out where you're going to be standings wise as you make your little charge for the playoffs in the spring. So now as you break down our weekly Random factoid, let's just get into how good Terry Rozier has been of late. Going into the game against Orlando on Friday, in his last 10 games, Terry's basically averaging 22.6 points per game and five rebounds to go with that. But even more impressive than that, to me, he's made 42 three-pointers during that stretch, which ranked him at that point second in the NBA over that span. And he's shooting 47.6% from three-point range over that time. That's pretty absurd. So Terry has really caught fire of late, and it's been one of the reasons the Hornets actually are playing the way they should. You know, earlier in the season, he wasn't playing up his capabilities. He was out there a little bit thinking too much as he admitted even himself. So now he's in that zone. You can see him not hesitating whatsoever. He's going out there and balling, and the numbers of late over the last – 10 games or so prove that Terry is scary again and he's indeed back well there you have it I hope you guys enjoyed this latest ep of the QC Hornets Nest I'm Rod Boone I want to thank Gordon Hayward for joining me this week I want to thank you guys once again for sending your questions in and being interactive with us for more Hornets content check out CharlotteObserver.com and for a special sub offer to read all our stories in the sports section click the link in my stories where it says support my work with a digital subscription all right until next time